Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Hi, I'm Tina Spring, and I'm joined today with Julie Fudge-Smith, my co-host for Your Family Dog. And today, we're going to have a conversation with Charlie, a mom who has kind of an interesting story that I think she's going to she's gonna have a great conversation with us. So welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. We're super excited to get to talk to you. We are super excited. Um, we have a lot of, of experts who come on. We have a lot of vets and trainers and stuff. But I think some of our favorite podcasts are those when we have, quote unquote, more real people on to talk about real people problems. And I know that you had um, a particular issue um, with uh, the puppy that you decided to adopt. So maybe you could tell us a little bit of your story about uh, right. what brings you on today to talk with us. Well, my family and I uh, adopted a six-week-old Australian Shepherd. And uh, it was through a friend that we knew that was breeding these puppies. And um, I saw that she posted on Facebook about them. and they looked like the ones that we had talked about getting in the future. And so we reached out to her and just kind of got some information and she said they were available and we went there and picked him out. And on the car ride there, I was excited because the conversation that I'd had with my husband many nights prior was that this is what we wanted for our family. We have a four-year-old little girl, um, we had a baby on the way and we're like, okay, what the heck, let's, let's do this. If we're not going to do it now, when are we going to do it? You know, we grew up with dogs and the whole ride there, I felt anxious, but excited. My husband was excited. So I was feeding off of that. My little girl was excited. Um, but there was still like this looming cloud of, oh, what am I getting myself into? How am I going to do this? is this the right timing, you know? Um, so we get him and immediately I did not connect with him. Usually with a puppy, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so cute. And you, you connect with it cause it's fluffy and it's, you know, tiny. And, and I just didn't connect with him and I was, that made me worried. Um, but then we got in the car and then even more flooded <laughs> thoughts started coming in. Like, all of the realization of what comes with a puppy, the potty training, the nights up with them, uh, the biting, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just had a, 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 a huge full of doubt right away. Um, so we kept them for, I think it was eight weeks at that point. Um, and those thoughts just didn't go away no matter what we did and how much time and um, effort we put into him. Um, It just, it didn't go away for me. And I think slowly my husband was also realizing that as well. So here we are. So did your husband, I was just going to say, did your husband connect with the puppy? I think, yeah, I think so. I think more so than I did for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, and, and probably more than their daughter too, right? Like she, she liked the puppy, but mm-hmm. she, it, like 
So what was amazing about this particular case is everyone and everything involved in it is magnificent. Like uh, one of the things that I said to Charlie and her family was this puppy is amazing. Like he has magic. Your little girl has magic. Mom and dad each have magic. And yet we're not, it's not working. Right. And, and we have a baby coming, you know, soon in, in the next couple of months. So, um, what was amazing to me, well, like this, this puppy, and I remember saying this to, to Charlie and her husband, like this puppy is actually a puppy that I would say, if any family could do it, you could do it. The question is, should we, and do we want to? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's just going to get harder, right? Like when we have a three month old puppy, you're in the middle of when it's easy. Really? I mean, yes, they're waking up a lot and they're eating a lot and they're, you know, but, but we're not even in teenager puppy stage that, that gets a little bit more dicey. Right. And I think too, when we went to your first class, you know, we were excited to, to put him into some, somewhere that we could learn the, the necessary things to raise a really good dog. And we brought our daughter with us. And then Tina expressed to us, you know, this, is, this isn't going to get easier. And, and those words in that moment did not offend me. They, I, I didn't take, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I can do anything kind of thought. It was this woman I've only known for less than five minutes has just brought to the surface all of the things I already knew. But I needed somebody on the outside of my family to give me a little bit of dose of reality, like, hey, do you know what you're really getting yourself into? So, so it and was so really we easy. What it was really easy when I looked over and could just see that you're wiped out. Like you're yeah. you're really working hard to do everything perfect and right, and it's it's not fun and it's not re- rewarding. And and that was so, Julie. One of the amazing things is how invested Charlie is in this puppy, right? Like. If you want to talk about like the perfect puppy raiser, Charlie did all those things, like all the things like super, like had him on a schedule, like this puppy's doing great. And yet we we ought not like, it's Mm -hmm. just, which is, and Julie, so um, Charlie, you don't know this. Julie's actually going through puppy raising right now with a big old boot on her foot. (laughs) Oh Yeah. And I believe yeah, with that. her husband out of town, right? Um, well, he's oh, he's, at least he's back to work. So like today, he left uh, about 11 and he won't be back till 10 o'clock tonight because he's got a late yeah, class. Gosh. And so um, since uh, Clementine, because I'm, I'm not as good a puppy raiser as, as you are, Charlie, um, <laughs> Clementine is not completely housebroken <laughs> yet. So she's spending a good deal of her time in the kitchen. So that means um, not only am I under house arrest, with this boot, um, I'm under house arrest in my kitchen. So, um, mm-hmm. so Aww. I spent most of my time going, God, I wish I could sweep. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I have to, because what I find is that like Clemmy is, is good when she needs to go, she needs to go. And I can't move fast enough to get to the door Aww. if I'm not in the kitchen. So, um, right. yeah, he's going out of town the next couple of days. 
So um, I'll be sleeping downstairs, right? I was going to say, so do you have a cot? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so um, I, I get the challenge. Um, but, you know, luckily, um, it's, it's you know, me and the two dogs and my husband, when, when he can be here. Um, it's, it's a completely different ball game when you throw little people into the loop. Like when my grandkids mm-hmm. come to visit, um, I've got my, my younger daughter has a three-year-old and an uh, 18-month-old, and she's pregnant. And when they come, oh, um, Clementine wow. and Zuzu, yeah, Clementine <laughs> and Zuzu spend a lot more time outside because Clemmy is mm-hmm. still little, and she doesn't understand 18-month-old, you know, or three-year-olds right. all that well. So I can only begin to imagine how exhausted you must have been and how much it just I think what people forget if they haven't if they haven't had kids in a while or if they don't have or if they have don't have kids they don't understand is that having a toddler means that everything you do takes three times as long as it normally does and ca- and it requires twice the amount of energy mm-hmm. than if you were just doing it on your own. So Everything Absolutely. from from, you know, just trying to get to the grocery store, much less getting through the grocery store. Right. Requires mm-hmm. a great right. deal, a lot more time, a lot more energy. And then you throw in the fact that you are also pregnant and you have a puppy um, that becomes a time management nightmare and an, and an mm-hmm. energy nightmare and an emotional nightmare because there's so just is- so many layers, so many triggers. That's like trigger stacking. You're just putting too many things mm-hmm. on top of one another. So, so again, like I'm going to go back to, they actually have really extenuating circumstances. Um, their daughter is super independent. She's not into everything. She's super responsible, right? So right. Um, your family's done a really great job and, and have good fortune that we have a child who will play by herself and is perfectly content to do that and isn't all up, you know, trying to hug and kiss the puppy all the time, right? She's not trying to climb in your lap, you know, constantly. She's really independent. And so, mm-hmm. again, when, as we were pulling apart the situation and saying, okay, how how best to proceed, you, you your family had a lot of really great things going for if you wanted to continue doing this, we had some really good bones, right? A, an organized household. We had family members that had the energy and the wherewithal to do that. The family, um, there's a lot of just good structure in place, right? To help navigate mm-hmm. all of it. Um, but then it became this question of, but what if we just, we don't, we don't want to. But Charlie expressed with me to me that she had a horrible postpartum with Ava mm. and mm-hmm. and that that was just crippling. It was crippling. And and I think and if I'm wrong, tell me, but it, it almost sounded to me like Charlie was anticipating that that would be a problem again, um, maybe even feeling some of that same stuff again. Um mm-hmm. And that a puppy on top of all of that just sounded miserable and and just something that could not be sorted out. Am I am I wrong about that? No, you're you hit it hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think I was already displaying, you know, looking back on it now, I was already displaying signs of not necessarily postpartum depression, obviously. 
but depression Mm -hmm. because I was, it was almost the same as having an infant there and you're trying to do all of the things yourself, not asking for help, right? Which is mm-hmm. how I got myself in that situation when I had Ava. I, I thought I could do all. Nobody could help me. I, I had it. I was inadequate as a mother if I didn't do it all myself with her. So it was kind of the same with the puppy. I was trying to do all of the things and drowning myself is the, is the best way I can say it. I was literally fighting to stay above water. And that terrified me because I'm like, okay, if I'm already feeling this way with a puppy and then my almost four-year-old, and then I'm going to be giving birth to a newborn, you know, with, with all the baby blues that come with that, how am I going to function and be healthy for my family? And that terrified me. Well, Um, and then, and then we add, and then we add all the layers of all the social stigma, right? Right, right of if you return, like, how's the breeder going to be if you contact the breeder? How, right. how are your neighbors? How are your family? How are the people on social media who see the cute, adorable puppy? Like all of the social stigma that goes with, well, what if we do decide to call it quits and mm-hmm. to say this isn't a great fit? So Charlie, do me a favor and and talk a little bit about how the situation resolved so that any of our listeners who might be going, well, this was, you know, she should have, you know, whatever, had their stuff going on. Let them know how awesomely this has resolved so that their hearts are not troubled about what happened with this sweet puppy who we adore. Right. Um. Well, first of all, I reached out to you to know, you know, use my resources to know what are my options? You know, yes, I know I can keep the puppy. Okay. We're, we're currently enrolled in a puppy class. We got that going. We have a schedule for him. He's great. There's no complaints, but what, what are my other options to give him the best home possible that at this time I couldn't give him? Um, so, you know, there's the Australian shepherd rescue, um, I, I saw Puppy Finder, which I've looked at puppies via that website before with other breeders. I reached out to the breeder, and um, initially the breeder said she could not take the puppy back. So I just said, well, can you, can you keep a lookout for families that may have been interested in your puppies prior? So she said, sure. So in the meantime, I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm reaching out to the the Australian Shepherd Rescue. They contact me back, weren't that nice about it. So I kind of pushed that one aside, uh, put put him on Puppy Finder. And I had a woman actually reach out to me, but she was in Florida. Um, And I just didn't feel comfortable having Ozzy be not in the same state for some reason. I kind of still wanted to know that he was doing really well and, um, and be close. So eventually the breeder contacted me and found a family that we actually knew who was interested in her puppies before they were all sold out. And he was wanting to take Ozzy home that afternoon. It was, this was a Friday. And so I actually spoke with him, um, and he came to the house and met Ozzy and fell in love. And then he was able to go home with him. And knowing that Ozzy is 
blocks away, essentially, um, and in a home where he has uh, two other dog companions, an Australian Shepherd, who I think is a year old, and then they have an older um, Golden Retriever, and then two children that are not young. I think the oldest is 16 and the other one is 10. So that whole dynamic was perfect for Ozzy, I think. And that made me feel really good about rehoming him because I I was in a dark place thinking of rehoming this animal that I was supposed to commit to and um, I couldn't do at the time. So it worked out the way that I think it was supposed to. So um Although I'm really sad about it, he's in a really, really good spot. And I, I keep in contact with that family to know right. that he's doing really well. Right. And so so I just wanted to resolve it for the people whose hearts were worried about sweet Ozzy, that, that this was never like, you know, a situation where he was going to be at any risk at all. Like he had all the advantages of a whole team of people who wanted a really great outcome for him too. One of the things that I often find myself talking to talking with families about is that rehoming is not the worst thing that can happen. And I think, um, I think actually the worst thing that can happen is to keep the wrong dog in the wrong home at the wrong time. Right. It, Mm -hmm. it doesn't allow anyone, right. It, it, puts the dog at risk, it can, um, and in your case, Ozzy was sweet as pie, right? Like there wasn't a behavior right. problem, but but for example, um, one that we, we sometimes come across in my practice is a dog who's really, really uncomfortable with the busy household with little kids who just wants like a cushy retirement gig and is in a household with really busy little kids. And the dog is never comfortable. The kids can't really enjoy the dog either. And it's just kind of a square peg in a round hole. And I think that that sometimes well-meaning friends, neighbors, people on social media will just be judgy um, and not recognize that this wasn't, that the, the decision to rehome, in my experience, most families, it takes about eight months to make that decision, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, if we had waited eight months in your case, there's an awful lot that would have been at risk. Right. Um, more than I'm willing to gamble, right? And more that, that any trainer should be willing to to gamble. I think being moms and dads and humans in this world, there's an awful lot of we're not good enough anyway. Like you're just not like you said earlier, like if you're not doing this and that, then you're not a good you're not a good mom or you're not a good dog owner. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, anytime you need someone to throw the BS flag on that, I will joyfully you can call me. I will sing your praises. Right. Um, <laughs> but but I think people can sometimes have an emotional response to the idea of a dog or a puppy being moved on to something else without recognizing the harm that that might do to the the dog. But also, I mean, I don't think it would have been good for Ozzy to grow up in a household where everybody's stressed out. And while you like him, he's not filling a dog shaped hole in your heart. Right. He's just one more thing for for you to have to 
to do, right? One more, one more thing that has one more responsibility. I mean, I don't think, and you're a dog lover, <laughs> right? But we don't have to sign up. For right. That. Well, you know, one of the things I was going to say right. too, is my experience with people who get rather judgmental about if you keep a dog as a dog for life, right? Or whatever, mm -hmm. have never been in the situation where they have the extenuating circumstances. They are not the ones who have to live with these circumstances day in and day out. And until you've actually had that experience, even for a couple of days, you have no appreciation about how difficult and how heart-wrenching this situation is for a family. And um, yes. I, th there's this common phrase that just makes my, my hackles go up, which is, oh, it's not the dog, it's, it's the owner. And you know what? Sometimes it's the dog. Sometimes it's just the situation. Right. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's not the dog mm -hmm. and it's not the owner. It's the circumstances surrounding that particular pairing. And I, I ask people to try to take a step back and think about a time in your life where you felt judged by somebody and thought it was unfair because that person didn't, you know, try to walk in your shoes. And so if you're going to start thinking that these people should never have gotten a puppy, well, maybe they shouldn't have, but you know what? They did. And we, we, we do these mm -hmm. things. We think we're ready and sometimes we're not. And so I think that, that you were very brave, very compassionate, very honest with, with yourselves and, and, and about this dog. And I think that you should be commended for the decision that you made because it was the right thing for n not just your family, but I think it was the right thing for the dog. I think Tina really hit that on the head. And I think she's found it. And, and I have over the years as a trainer that I put families first. And if I do what's right for the family, if I help them make the best decision for the family, inevitably we have made the right decision for the dog as well. Um, because mm -hmm. everybody's got, everybody has a stake in the relationships. Everybody has a stake in the situation. And, and how can we best resolve this? There's no, there, there are seldom a perfect solution, but there's oftentimes a much better solution <laughs> than the one we're currently in. So, um, so has there been pushback in your community, Charlie, about rehoming Ozzy? I honestly didn't tell um, anybody, uh, though obviously my husband knows, and then my, my parents, who I'm extremely close with, who I actually called shortly after getting off the phone with you that day when we were weighing all the options. Um, but I, I didn't tell friends. I didn't tell even close family because there was still this, this feeling of I failed. Mm -hmm you know, um, oh. and that I was going to be, I was going to be judged because, because from the outside, nobody knows the inside of what's going on. Like you said, you know, and I, I mean, I don't feel like I had any explaining to do to people to be quite honest, because it was a decision for my family, myself, and for Ozzy, you know, that, what anybody was going to say was not going to, was going to not going to change my mind, mm -hmm. you know, um, and how I felt it was the best decision for everyone that was involved. Um, and my parents, who I'm extremely close with said, 
yeah, we, we could tell that when we would come visit you, that you were so spread thin, but we didn't say anything because we know you're one of those people that you just, you're going to keep pushing on because that's just, that's just who I am. I, I, I don't give up and I don't let people see me, you know, struggling. Um, so no, I, I, I haven't gotten anything from anyone because I haven't said it. Uh, but you'll get um, it now. If somebody asks, I'll tell them. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, my friend, my friend came over last night and, you know, and I, and she's the first person I've told to their, you know, to their face. And she was like, I think you made a, a great decision, you know, and she has a, she has a dog. Um, so, you know, I don't really care what a stranger is going to think because they don't know my situation. They don't know me. Um, but no, to, to answer your question short, no, I have not received any. Good. Yeah, anything. that's excellent. So, so when we were discussing the options, right, we talked about like, is this just immediate fatigue? And in my case, I, I have the opportunity, the availability of the puppy coming and staying with me for, for a period of time and just letting a family kind of, let the dust settle, let things reset, um, and then maybe think, okay, if we reorganize things, does that change the situation? Um, so that was one one option is that the puppy could come and they could just take a break and, and make a, a decision. Um, then, of course, there was the option of having the puppy come and maybe do a board and train to, again, give them some distance, but also work through anything that their family might be struggling with um, or that the puppy was struggling with. Then there was, we can return the puppy to the breeder. Um, for most people who are buying from a purebred breeder, that is, if you're going to rehome the number one, usually you have a con contractual obligation mm -hmm. to give the breeder what is called a right of first refusal, which means you contact the breeder and say, hey, something's changed, we've changed our mind, whatever. Most reputable breeders are going to take that dog back. Sometimes they just can't, and I try not to judge them about that. And then next is you know, rescue or utilizing your network or asking the breeder, hey, do, if someone calls you for a puppy, this puppy was still very young and was awesome. Um, mm -hmm. If I thought I had the bandwidth for a puppy, he would be here. Because um, he was, he's pretty, he's a pretty awesome kiddo. Um, but I, we talked through here are all the different options. Um, and I try to be really careful to not, um, put pressure to influence the decision, but to just say, here are all the different options. What feels like it's going to be the best answer. So Charlie, are there things I could have done differently that would have made it easier? No, I, I think talking to you that day, I think we talked for, I don't know, two hours, maybe. Um, I think you made me feel better about, the decision that I had already made before I answered your phone call, you know, I kind of already knew that I was, I was done. Like I was so spent, I was so overwhelmed and tired that, you know, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that it was, you made it easier just by talking to me and giving me my options. So I was glad to know that I had options, even though I'd already made a decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, I think also talking to my husband the night before, you know, he's a very logical person and he weighs all pros and cons of things. And, 
he said, yeah, we really messed up on this one. I feel like we should have thought of, of this as a whole a little bit more and really sat down and talked about it a little bit more than we did. But he knew the minute that we left the training session, he's like, she's right. We can't, we can't do this. So, you know, um, I just love that I could have, I, I came to you and knew what the options were because otherwise I really wouldn't have known the options or the resources that I had available to me, you know, and I think it helped make the decision a lot easier for me. I'm just glad that he's, he's somewhere that I know where he is and who he's with. Right. You know, right. I think some people might want the opposite. They, they, they don't want to know. I, I did. I wanted to know he was somewhere safe and he was going to be loved on and, and treated the way that he deserved to be treated through life. Right. A continuation of the love you had extended to him. Right. That, well, I just want to say, I, I, I like the, the point that you made on talking to Tina. If you are in a situation that you're facing right now, where it feels nearly impossible to keep the dog, but it feels impossible to get rid of the dog, and you're really in a quandary as to what to do, what are you, what your options do you have? I can't recommend talking to a positive reinforcement trainer enough. You can go to the Pet Professional Guild and do a, a trainer search by zip code there or the Association of Pet Dog Trainers and do a zip code search there or contact Tina or me and we can help you find a trainer in your area. But it's helpful to talk to somebody who's not in the situation, has some years of experience and can look at this from the outside in and give you some options that maybe you didn't realize that you had. So if you're in a quandary, don't hesitate to reach out. Most trainers are more than happy to try and help somebody come up with a resolution to a situation that's going to make both them and the dog happy. So I'm glad you found Tina, but others who are out there don't think that there's not somebody to help you because there are. This is what a good trainer wants to do is to help it, the situation be the best for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if a trainer's ju- if a trainer's judging you, like there are a lot of trainers. There are. <laughs> like yeah. I, I already have enough people in my life who make my life more difficult. I don't, I need someone who listens, right? When I'm, when I'm seeking the counsel of someone, I need someone who kind of sets aside their own agenda and picks up mine. Um, and that's what I endeavor to do for the, the families I work with. So, you know, how I might, and in your case, I absolutely agreed with the decision you make. I was heartbroken that we weren't going to continue to work together, right? Because your family is right. exactly who I want as a client, right? Like you're a fantastic family. You arguably don't need me. Um, so the, you know, my, my heart was sad about that, but I totally was on board with like, I want this dog and this family to have a great life. One of the things that we discussed, which seemed like it helped Charlie, was me saying to you, okay, is it this puppy or is it any dog you'd still be feeling the same way? Mm-hmm. Right. And you were and I, like, yeah, no, it's just one more thing. Right. It was. It was one more thing. Right. And I think sometimes um, trainers can just ask some questions like that to help clarify the situation to make it really clear as to, to, to what is actually going on here and, and what is fixable and what isn't. So sometimes it's just asking questions mm-hmm. that maybe you hadn't thought of can be really useful to a client. So, Right. 
And I know, like, even if we talk to Colleen, Colleen, who was the um, Charlie Colleen is a good friend of mine who was the podcast co-host. I joke that that she was Julie's podcast first wife, um, who I was invited <laughs> to take her place when she transitioned to a different uh, position in her business, a different um, role or different direction of her business. Um, but she, too, like she worked a ton with with families and and. This is one of those issues that um, lots of families will just endure through it until they have bad outcomes, like dangerous outcomes. Right. And it's often really easy to avoid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just not a good fit. And it, and it doesn't mean that anybody's wrong or anyone's bad or that the dog is wrong or bad. Now, the va if when I had asked you the question, this dog or any dog, your answer had been, yeah, no, it's this dog. Well, that would have been a little bit different conversation because then it's, okay, what what is it about this dog that um, that makes this harder to, to mm -hmm. work? Um, and then we can get to work on whether or not that's adjustable. Right. Dogs are not infinitely adjustable any more than we are. So like if you're going to ask the herder to sit idly by and watch children run around screaming, that might not be... That might not be their forte and it might not be the right match. Um, or maybe it is and maybe it's a training issue and we can we can work through it. But I, for me, that was the clarifying thing that when you said, yeah, it, it you could hand me a mythical perfect dog and I think it still would be bad. Right. It's like, OK, well, then we have our answer. Mm hmm. Well, I was just going to say, we have our, our, you know, our parents, my parents' dog that comes over quite frequently with, with them, and I'm extremely close with her, but I don't long to have her there all the time. When she leaves, I'm like, okay, bye, you know, and that's how, and when Tina asked me that, that was clarification for myself. Like, I didn't think to ask myself that question. Is it Ozzy or is it any breed of dog, any dog, whether it's a puppy or an older dog? And so like you said, posting on Facebook and having those questions, you know, ask, asking themselves these questions, I think makes a tremendous leap into the decision of should I keep this dog or not? So. Well, and I think it's fair to say, like you were running through some of these questions on your way to the breeder. Like you, I don't know that you remember you, you told me that when you and Patrick started talking about getting a puppy it kind of running in the background was this, like, what are we thinking? <laughs> like, what are we, yeah, this is exactly, a terrible yeah. idea. But we get, we get caught up in, there's, your family has a tremendous amount of love in it. And so I think sometimes we're like, we need another family member because there's so much love. Like we're just, there's, there's all this love and we have more love and we have more capacity. Um, and I think my guess is in your case, that's where that enthusiasm and excitement came from. Um, mm -hmm. It's really evident with your family that y'all are good at it. <laughs> and so that does <laughs> often make us go, okay, we want more. We, we need another family member because there's just so much awesomeness here. Um, and we have a sweet, sweet baby boy right on the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm always going to vote for for the the human family members 
um, and put the, like, whether we like it or not, like the dog is extra, right? Yeah. So are you feeling better since Ozzy um, went on to that other home and is doing great? I do feel better, but I, I miss him, you know, and right. I, um, and I'm hoping that I did make the right decision that he, that he is happy, you know, and I don't think he remembers, you know, I mean, he's, he's still very young. Um, but in the back of my mind, I think about him quite often. And then, I mean, if I didn't, would I be bad person or <laughs> I don't know, but I do, I do think of him quite often. And, um, cause he was a really really good dog and yes. he deserves he deserves a, a family that um has the time and patience and um ability to to give him all the things that he deserves that I couldn't I mean I could give I was giving him that but I was so like I said spread thin and so I think like Tina said I think he could read that so I just hope that he's living it up with his other dog friends and having a good time. So I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is too. And, and I would say too, that um, um, I would not think you heartless if you um, didn't think about him as much as you do. I think it's very sweet that you do. But I also think that oftentimes some of the, the, the most correct or the best decisions we make are oftentimes the most difficult ones because they require the greatest amount of sacrifice and love on our part. And anytime you're talking about sacrifice and love, you're talking about a decision that means putting something or someone else above your own desires. And so mm -hmm. I think what you did was a very loving thing for this dog. That doesn't mean that it wasn't, that it was easy or that it doesn't hurt, but there aren't some second guesses or that you might not feel a little bit sad for yourself. Those are all very natural emotions. But what you did was kind and good and compassionate. And sometimes kind and good and compassionate requires a great deal of sacrifice on our part. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like you made the right decision. You had some good guidance. And I really appreciate you being um, honest and brave enough to come on and talk about it on our podcast. <laughs> because hopefully that will give others some of the same courage and compassion to face a situation that may be somewhat similar. Can we talk quickly about transitioning Ava and how we kind of supported that? Yeah, it's actually pretty easy. Like, like you said, she's independent. She was almost annoyed that he was, because he loved her. He was obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> um, we, I talked to her about it. I said, you know, look, this is how mommy is feeling. This is how daddy is feeling. We might need to find Ozzy a new home where he's going to be loved on and and catered to and she kind of looked at me and said but I'll be sad and I said well I, I said that's okay mommy's really sad too and we can see him whenever we want and um that was kind of her reaction and then that was the end of it you know um when when the man came and and got Ozzy I didn't have Ava here with me I didn't think that it was appropriate that she was here to watch somebody take mm -hmm. the dog um, right. so my parents had her for that afternoon and when she got home she just said well where's Ozzy and I said oh well he, he went with his new family and I told her all the details about it and she said okay and then she goes well where's my kitty and and we have a cat who's um 
super social and, and all that. And she was never coming around anymore since Ozzy was here. Well, she finally came upstairs and um, Ava was happy. Uh, you know, she was happy to see Nala now coming back into the family with us. And, and that was kind of the end of it. And sometimes she'll say, I miss Ozzy, but, but that's normal. You know, I think it's like me, like he runs through my mind with certain things, but she, she really, she did really well. And um, that was who I was most concerned with. Um, because she's, she's four, she doesn't understand, you know, what, what mommy's going through, what daddy's going through with, with the dog situation. Um, but she handled it perfectly. And, um, I'm really happy that she's okay because that was what, that was one thing I was really, really worried about was that I was ripping my daughter's dog away and she was going to be ruined for life or something, but she's, she's done really well. Well, and that's wonderful. Hadn't she come to you and said something at some point about like, I'm sorry that Ozzy is wearing you out or something along those yeah, lines? I, I, I went to the bathroom to just cry. I don't know what it is about us women. We go to the bathroom to cry, but that's what I did <laughs> because I, was, I just sat on the floor and I was like, it just finally all came out. And she came in shortly after, you know, I'd close the door and I'd heard my husband say, Hey, let's give mommy just a minute. And she came in, you know, five or 10 minutes later and said, mommy. And I, and, you know, she doesn't know why I'm crying. Like nothing happened to where she could see why I was crying. But she said, she said to me, mommy, I'm really sorry that he's frustrating you. That, that was her word. Cause she knows the word frustrating. Cause she, I will voice her if she's frustrating me. I'll be like, you're frustrating mommy. <laughs> um, so she, she could see that without there, there was nothing in particular that happened. No big event. He didn't do anything where I was yelling at him or anything. She just, she knew. Um, and I think that kind of helped too, that she could just see I, I was drowning and Kids are just, they're, they're amazing. They can see things that we think that, that they don't see. So, Right. I tell families all the time, we don't hide anything from them. <laughs> no, and, and, and we try not to either. But in that situation, I, I was because, like, I was hiding it from everyone. You know, right. I, I didn't want anybody to know that I was drowning right. pretty much. Well, I'm glad you let me be a lifeline. I'm glad you were my lifeline because I told you I, I wouldn't reach out unless I needed that help. That was a huge step for me to take. My husband was even shocked. He's like, you called her? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, wow. So I was, I was desperate because um, I don't ask for help ever. But this, was a, this was a desperate situation. And I needed somebody on the outside to help me get through it whatever the decision ended up being, uh, whether I was going to keep him or not. Um, I needed, I needed a voice of reason and somebody that was going to tell it to me straight, but also give me the options that were best fit for, for my family. I think sitting at this kitchen table here at your family dog, um, I think we have three strong women sitting at this <laughs> table, right? That That's what this yes. table holds is, is, uh, is some pretty awesome human beings. I'm so, it was an honor to work with you. I hope that um, one day in the future, when you're ready, we'll get to work together and we'll get to find, you know, that awesome dog that'll be an awesome fit for your family, that it's not um, 
that it's not so scary and not a burden, right? But that it's actually just a, a swirl of, you know, caramel nuttiness that we can add to the mix that in, ma- enhances things. Yeah. All right, I hope so, too. All right. Well, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Tina. And we'll see you all next time on Your Family Dog. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting ideas? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts.